Welcome to the Words That Minister Grace podcast. In this podcast, we read excerpts from books that the host finds edifying. Expect to hear from authors such as Matthew Henry, John Calvin, and J.C. Ryle. We take our name from Ephesians 4.29, where Paul exhorts us that our speech should build up each other, or as the King James says, minister grace. I am your host, the fake King Hesse. In this episode, we kick off our reading of Part 3 of Martin Luther's Large Catechism, which discuss prayer generally and the Lord's Prayer specifically. We begin with starting to look at Luther's general exhortation to pray. Part 3 of Prayer We have now heard what we must do and believe, in which things the best and happiest life consists. Now follows the third part, how we ought to pray. For since we are so situated that no man can perfectly keep the Ten Commandments, even though he hath begun to believe, and since the devil with all his power together with the world and our own flesh resists our endeavors, nothing is so necessary as that we should continually resort to the ear of God, call upon him and pray to him, that he would give, preserve, and increase in us faith and fulfillment of the Ten Commandments, and that he would remove everything that is in our way and opposes us therein. But what we might know, what and how to pray, our Lord Christ has himself taught us both the mode and the words, as we shall see. But before we explain the Lord's Prayer part by part, it is most necessary first to exhort and excite people to pray, as Christ and the apostles also have done. And the first matter is to know that it is our duty to pray because of God's commandment. For thus we heard in the second commandment, Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord thy God in vain, that we are there required to praise that holy name, and call upon it in every need, are to pray. For to call upon the name of God is nothing else than to pray. Prayer is therefore as strictly and earnestly commanded as all the other commandments, to have no other God, not to kill, not to steal, etc. Let no one think that it is all the same whether he pray or not, as vulgar people do who grope in such delusion and ask, Why should I pray? Who knows whether God heeds or will hear my prayer? If I do not pray, someone else will. And thus they fall into the habit of never praying, and from a pretext, as though we taught that there is no duty or need of prayer, because we reject false and hypocritical prayers. But this is true indeed that such prayers as have been offered hitherto, when men were babbling and bawling in the churches, were no prayers. For such external matters, when they are properly observed, may be a good exercise for young children, scholars, and simple persons, may be called singing or reading, but not really praying. But praying, as the second commandment teaches, is to call upon God in every need. This he requires of us, and has not left it to our choice. But it is our duty and obligation to pray if we would be Christians, as much as it is our duty and obligation to obey our parents and the government. For by calling upon it and praying the name of God is honored and profitably employed. This you must note above all things, that thereby you may silence and repel such thoughts as would keep and deter us from prayer. For just as it would be idle for a son to say to his father, Of what advantage is my obedience? I will go and do what I can, it is all the same. For there stands the commandment, Thou shalt and must do it. So also here it is not left to my will to do it, or leave it undone, but prayer shall and must be offered at the risk of God's wrath and displeasure. This is therefore to be understood and noted before everything else, 
in order that thereby we may silence and repel the thoughts which would keep and deter us from praying, as though it were not of much consequence if we do not pray, or as though it were commanded those who are holier and in better favor with God than we. As indeed the human heart is by nature so despondent that it always flees from God and imagines that he does not wish or desire our prayer, because we are sinners and have merited nothing but wrath. Against such thoughts, I say, we should regard this commandment and turn to God, that we may not by such disobedience excite his anger still more. For by this commandment he gives us plainly to understand that he will not cast us away from him nor chase us away, although we are sinners, but rather draw us to himself, so that we might humble ourselves before him, bewail this misery and plight of ours, and pray for grace and help. Therefore we read in the scriptures that he is angry also with those who were smitten for their sin, because they did not return to him and by their prayers assuage his wrath and seek his grace. Thanks for listening. In the show notes, you can find contact information and a link to the text from today. Remember to heed Paul when he says in Ephesians 4.29 to Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers.